would like to give a warm welcome to my sister and my friend. Her name, I want to make sure that I pronounce it correctly. Uh, mm. Her name is Mercedes. Mercedes, yep. Mercedes, Mercedes. 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 And she's uh, born uh, in America, right? No, or, actually, or born? No. Oh, okay. You know what? Shut up, Coolie. Shut up, Coolie. Let, 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 let her talk to let, let her talk to the people. Mercedes, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you. Again, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for coming. We certainly do welcome you to the Home Away Show. And to our listeners, we are joined by Mercedes. I told you I loved her name, first of all. So you could thank see you. why I love her name. Mercedes. Beautiful name. Uh, for our listeners, Mercedes, tell, tell them a little bit about yourself. Uh, just a, a, nothing too deep, but just a, a little bit about who Mercedes is. And let's get it right exactly where you were born, since Cooley doesn't know. I know where you were born, but. <laughs> yep. So uh, my name is Mercedes Tanisaka. Um, I know Cooley through work, where we work at the hospital. Um, and I was born in Ecuador. I moved here when I was two years old, along with my eight other siblings. We kind of got in an airplane and came over here to the United States. And uh, we've been living here since. We do go back and forth to the country. And, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about where I'm from. Uh, eight siblings, eight, eight siblings. siblings. That's yeah. <laughs> shout out to your parents for that commitment. I mean, yes. you know, maybe two could have lot got left behind or something. Like we'll we'll come back for you guys. Uh, but you, you know, all of you, you guys, you better stop on that because eight <laughs> is nothing. Eight is nothing. It's actually pretty common, right? In the it's common in Ecuador and those types of countries back then. Yeah, yeah. eight is nothing because I was gonna say that my great my grandfather. Um, first of all, my great grandfather was married to. Uh, two women, and I think it, it was like twenty something kids they had between Good the gosh. two women. So then it's nothing. That's a lot of siblings. That's hey, a lot of siblings. Do you remember there's one guy from uh, uh, back in the days? I think in the nineties he was from. Uh, um, I think he was from Swaziland. He had like thirty nine kids or something like that. Not from one wrong. woman. I think a couple of women or something like that. But anyway, um, yeah. No, no. I'm sorry to disturb with that. But I was just gonna say it's common in our culture too. Mm-hmm. It is. It is a common thing. So, well, Mercedes, I, I want to start off. I love names, first of mm-hmm. all. As you can tell, I'm fascinated by your name. And my name, Ndate, is how it's pronounced in South Africa. But to make it a little easier, it's Natate over here. It means father. Now, it's not a common name in South Africa. So, as I love your name, clearly, because I love the vehicle as well. But <laughs> tell me a little bit about, you know, the naming in, in, in Ecuador. Do names get associated with certain things? Is Mercedes a, a common name out in Ecuador? Um, Do you guys find relevance in in names and and how you name your children? Yes, definitely. Uh, I think Mercedes is pretty common in the same way that Maria, the name Maria is pretty common in Ecuador as well. My mom's name is Maria. And the way I got about to being named Mercedes was because my mom's middle name is Mercedes. And so she thought I was going to be the last child. um, And she wanted to kind of just name me after her in a way. So I got the name Mercedes. It's also very common in Ecuador. It stands for mercy. And oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, we do have what we call um, the Virgin of uh, the Lady of, so I guess I'm trying to translate it in English, but it's like the yeah. Virgin <laughs> Guardian of the Mercedes in Ecuador. There is an oh, actual... Mercy. 
Right. Okay. Exactly. Uh, so that's what it stands for. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love Thank it. You. I love it. Thank you. No, absolutely. And, and you know, mm-hmm. so as you've heard, and we talked a little bit about it in the beginning of the show, we've been talking about diaspora, directly African diaspora. Now, Ecuador obviously is not African, but I truly believe that we are all one people. Uh, we are just uh, uh, a beautiful tree with different uh, leaves and colors and so forth. So, uh, but uh, you coming from Ecuador and moving to the United States, that is still part of diaspora. This is a term actually, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's a term that I, I really have grown uh, to like over the, the, the last uh, couple of months over here as I've been diving deeper into it. Um, is there a large community? Um, now, how do you refer to folks from Ecuador? Like we call ourselves South African. Do you say Ecuadorians? How Ecuadorians, do you that's right. Mm-hmm. Listen to me. Don't I sound educated? Look at me. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> so is there a large community of Ecuadorians in the States and more specifically where you are located out in um in uh Connecticut? And and with that, do you find that um you still have you keep a lot of the culture, the Ecuadorian culture over here and with stores and so forth? How's that um w- directed for you since you've been here since you're about two years old? Is there a large community for you to keep in touch with your roots? Yes, in Danbury specifically, we have a large Ecuadorian community, and um, there is the Ecuadorian civil community here. There's an actual community uh, in Danbury where they hold events uh, where we can go and kind of just celebrate with everyone else from our our fellow Ecuadorians. Um, we bring in uh, dancers from Ecuador or even people who are currently living in the Danbury area to come in and perform our cultural dances uh, for certain events or just even to teach our kids here who are mm. growing up in America who, you know, weren't born in Ecuador, but we just kind of just want to pers- preserve that culture and those dances and, you know, just our, our, um, how we grew up. We were going to kind of preserve that with our uh, kids here. Yeah. Raised here, you know, so. Which is so important. I mean, it, now, now, you know, it raises a, an interesting thing because I, I think when we think diaspora, some people might listen to our show and say, well, look at these guys. Here they are in America. Why are they not appreciating the fact that they're here and stop speaking about where they're coming from? Mm-hmm. And I think for folks who have never, you know, who were born in this country, it might be a little bit tougher, especially where they don't realize that there's maybe second or third generation American, which means that somebody in their family bloodline had to make that move over here. So diaspora really runs deep. Right. For people who might look at you and say, well, tell me, Mercedes, why is it so important that your children grow up with a culture? They were born here in America. Why do you find it to be so important that you make sure that even though your children were born here in America, that they still keep in touch with the Ecuadorian culture? What do you believe that might be a, a real good thing? Well, you know? for one, that's what makes us unique. You know, that's what makes us really stay true to our roots and mm-hmm. um, kind of just puts us apart from everyone else who are born here. And so uh, that's why that's very important. And when my son, um, Liam, he's six years old, and that's something that I actually was speaking to my sister earlier about. I really want to make sure I make he grows up knowing the Ecuadorian culture and learning Spanish, which unfortunately he kind of learned more English than Spanish. And that was yeah. in a way my fault. Um, so that's something I'm going to work on for sure, because I feel that Don't it's very guilty. important. 
very don't important. feel guilty it's tough though tell me <laughs> it hey, is i have kids i have kids too i, I speak, i'm fortunate enough to speak two other languages outside of english and i you know what i'm glad i'm actually glad that you were saying something that i've been struggling with too i have uh yeah. my two oldest are nine and ten yeah and they're not as fluent in zulu and i sometimes i feel like why can't I just, because sometimes I'll see kids that, you know, are fluent in their own language. And, and I'm like, did those parents spend more time than I did? <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. and I feel guilty. And I think it's just, it's persistence. We have to be so, you know, consistent with, with uh, speaking to them, not only when they're in trouble, right? Like sometimes I joke with them and I'll speak in my language if I'm trying to get them to clean the room or something. <laughs> that happens, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, let me jump into that day. Uh, yeah. Say this, you know, one of the things that I always want to wonder um you know I'm, I'm i'm so much in love with the culture of south americans and yeah. how you guys carry yourself uh, you know one thing that always interests me about uh, the spanish most of the time uh, the spanish community uh not that only the togetherness but uh when it comes to religion why most of you guys are catholic why hmm. i don't know the reason why but that's just how as far as long as I could remember, that's just how my parents brought us up, you know, yeah. and it's just that's how it is over there. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember seeing any other religions. Yeah, I'm not yeah, exactly yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, in Africa, Catholicism is still a big thing, but mm -hmm. it's not as big as in a Spanish community. Uh, mm -hmm. Most of my friends that I know, even when I was living in California, a lot of Mexicans, and uh, they really are into um, in Catholicism is the thing, you know what I mean? They really it are is. into Catholicism. And then another question too I can ask you, because mm -hmm. this is one thing that I think a person that asked me this question was white, but uh, they had a point and they asked me a question and I'm going to ask it to you as an immigrant and as a person uh, who was raised by parent who came strictly from Ecuador and uh, mm -hmm. who actually practiced the culture and live over here in America. Yes. If, let's say, uh, do you actually cross state other cultures? Because, like, you know, I'm from South Africa and we grew up in a very racial environment and that is wife is... Um, white uh, my uh, girlfriend is uh, from South Africa mm -hmm. um, I was married to, to a white woman in the past mm -hmm. and I felt like my parents were more accepting to my current girlfriend than they was to my ex-wife mm -hmm. uh, not that they hated her but they were just not comfortable with her mm -hmm. do you think that in your culture or in a lot of Spanish community when it comes to that like dating other cultures your parents don't care or do they care or is it something that you are told at home not to or i, I don't know i mean if you're not comfortable to answer that question i'm oh, okay no, no i'm comfortable uh personally my parents have do not mind as far as i remember they they're okay with uh, us dating other types of um cultures or um, even races. Uh, my, my mother is not very specific about that and she's a strict woman. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> she's <laughs> never really good. said something about that. But, uh, I do see that it exists in other cultures as yeah, well. Yeah. But the reason why I'm asking this question, mm -hmm. uh, we're talking diaspora issues yes. here and I'm sure a lot of things that affect you affect me. We are all immigrants in this country. But one other thing that I always kind of find it difficult for a lot of our parents, you know, mm -hmm. uh, is that, uh, you know, they grew up in an environment where, you know, like in my country, we had a lot of, um, you had an apartheid, which was a racism against blacks. So yes. they still hang on to those, not hang on, but they, those, you know, 
the residues of the whole entire struggle. Yeah, still struggle. Yep. You know what I mean? So it, it make it difficult for them to always be acceptable. Not that they are racist by no means. Right. It's just that it's just kind of like harder for them to always be comfortable with other, especially with the white race. And, um, and uh, going into those issues now, we are living in different countries. We meet all kinds of people, right? right. We yeah. meet all kinds of people from mm-hmm. all over the world. Mm-hmm. So right now, I just look at my daughter. I said, I do not care who she brings home right. one day, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, I just want her to live her life and enjoy herself because right. she need to actually be able to explore whatever means that she need to explore so that she can be happy. And another thing too, you know, she probably going to look at the world differently than I do mm-hmm. because, you know, she's American and, you know, she'll be born and raised here. Right. I was raised in South Africa in mm-hmm. a whole different environment. So, Daddy, do you want to chime in into that or you have a question? Yeah, no, no, I mean, I think it's a great conversation to be had because, honestly, you know, people deal with... um with raising kids and some people have their reasonings for why they, they choose to, um, to ask their ch- children to, you know, stay. Uh, we just lost in that days. We're going to bring him back. He probably his network in there. He said something like it's, uh, <laughs> he's knowing up there. So I'll bring him back. Uh, you come back. But, but anyway, I, go ahead. I do want to chime into that because what one thing that, um, one reason I can see that maybe some parents might be uh, picky or, you know, specific as to what type of uh, people their children date, it might be just they want someone that kind of will participate in the culture as well. And yeah, dating someone true. from another country might not make that easy. You know, yeah, So that true. might be one reason that... that I can see that happening yeah, for that, sure. That, that is for sure. Mm-hmm. That is for sure the truth because, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up in an environment where there was a lot of uh, black people, but where in my city of South Africa, in Durban, there's a lot of Indians, you know what I yes. mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm Indian from India. Actually, um, I'm not talking bad or anything, but they, in their culture, especially, um, I say I grew up with a lot of Muslims and uh, a lot of Hindu, uh, and I went to college with them. In their culture, actually, they do tell them that, yes. you know, you need to date somebody of Muslim, uh, somebody uh, of your own skin color, somebody, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because... It's like uh, some sort of uh, actually, it's a common rule. Like it's not something that is hidden. They actually do talk right. about it, mm-hmm. and uh, that's why whenever they used to see like uh, an Indian girl or an Indian guy dating somebody of a different culture, they used to feel uh, not at ease about it. But yeah. anyway, mm-hmm. uh, let's move on from the race issue. Now let's talk about. Uh, going to school in America mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things is that uh, a lot of us who have moved here have went to college I went to college in, uh, in California myself so was it hard for you to get like a uh, financial aid financial assistance uh, to go to college here so being a minority it, it made things a little bit easier because there are programs in place for minorities to help minorities so um, for example, here in Danbury, we have the Latino Scholarship Fund for to help uh, provide scholarships for high schoolers who are planning on going to mm, college. Nice. And so that's something that's put into place and totally grateful for that because I've, I've known a lot of people that it's helped out pretty well. Oh, nice. Um, so uh, I didn't find Did- too much difficulty. And I'm great. I'm grateful for those programs to exist for sure. Yeah. Do- 
do you find that in your community? Like, you know, I think of myself when I moved here, um, I think my, um, I came here with my aunts. It was 1996. I was 14 at the time. And my aunt is very educated herself, but I found that I think it might have been the cultural difference. And she, and I came at a later stage and it was the emphasis of me making sure that I go to college and so forth really wasn't there. It was simply to finish high school. Oh. So I guess my question would be, do you find that, um, in, in, in your community, do you, you said you have the Latinos, you know, trying to, uh, Latino organization where you're trying to help children in high school. Do you reach out to them? And what if it happens that their parents at home maybe are not so fluent in English? How do you reach out to these children and make sure that they are aware of these great opportunities they have? Cause sometimes they feel like maybe, you know, especially with the DACA uh, program at Jeopardy right now, uh, with the president. Yeah. How do we make sure that our youth know the opportunities that are there for them, just regardless of what their status is, their, you know, their um, citizen status in America? Do you guys do something where you reach out to the high schoolers and so forth? Yes. So it really comes down to their counselors. I remember in high school, my counselor was the biggest one that would always say, hey, these are these opportunities that you have. I would really recommend you tell your parents about them. And um Really, it came from my counselors um, that helped me with that. Uh, and yeah, I think there's other programs in place to make sure they reach out to those parents as well. I'm not exactly familiar, but personal experience, it came from my counselors. Yeah. Those counselors are key, man. Shout out to my counselor, yeah, Mr. Scarlett. Yeah. He, no, he was trying to keep me out of trouble. <laughs> I was a knucklehead. I was a knucklehead, so yeah. I can't lie. Now, tell t- Tell me, you know, I, and I know I missed out on the last part of the conversation, um, but what if you think of one, the, one of the biggest misconceptions of uh, Ecuadorians, what would you say is a misconception that people have of, you know, whether it's misjudgment or whatever it may be? With South Africans, they have certain things. We show off too much, whatever it may be. What would you say are some of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to Ecuadorians and your culture? And how do you overcome that? Well... I think the biggest misconception, maybe just in general of the Latino community, but also, I guess, yes, we can say Ecuadorians is that we come here and, and not work or just to kind mm-hmm. of use resources and live off the government or something like that. And I think that's definitely not true. And um, most of us, I can say, um, work very hard. And I think the biggest thing that we do to kind of uh, redeem ourselves from that misconception is just showing, like, is showing everybody that we do work hard. And, mm. and my parents are an example of that. Uh, coming here with a bunch of kids, um, right? And he, my yeah. dad started in a very um, minimum wage job. My mother as well. She used to work at McDonald's back in the day. She worked hard to learn the language, eventually uh, study for uh, certified nursing assistant uh, classes and CNA, get CNA yeah. license. Yeah. She learned the language and worked as a nurse, made a little bit more money. And so that was something that kind of helped us redeem ourselves with that it's crazy to think that we you know folks might and when we think of this diaspora thing right yeah. when we're talking about the word diaspora that means you came from somewhere where your your language of origin is totally different than english yeah, yeah. and i don't think people realize the difficulty that is never mind to just learn the english language but then learn the slang and and the certain way that people talk so you know shout out to your parents and for all those that mm-hmm. come to these different countries whatever it may be to start from scratch imagine raising eight kids you're right. in a foreign country yeah. you are dealing with winters that you've probably never faced 
increased at times. And, you know, for me, something as small as ketchup. We didn't call ketchup ketchup in South Africa. We called it tomato sauce. Yeah. Something so small, you know what I mean? And and so you are right. I think there is a misconception. The, they say something about the fries, too, you know, the fries. Oh, <laughs> my chips. We call them chips back home. We chips, don't call them yeah. french fries. We say fries. fish. Well, think about it. Think about it, Mercedes. Fish yeah. and chips. Where does that come from, right? Right. It's, it's tips, right? So we that's what we call them. So I'm at the I'm at McDonald's like I want the burger <laughs> and the chips, please. They're like, sir, we don't serve chips. <laughs> you know? Oh, they show you the uh, when you're like at Subway, they they give you the they give you just the, yeah, the, the, the potato chips. But I'm glad you guys are talking about this thing now. I want to go back to this darker thing because it it really does uh, rattles uh, cage here on me. I really don't like the fact of what's been going on. Uh, but of course, you know, I'm not. Um, you know, this is the problem. Okay, if your parents brought you here as a kid. And uh, you, it was not your fault that they were trying to get you a better life. And uh, obviously, you know, in some of our countries, in a lot of our third world countries, you know, life is difficult. So people will try to make means of trying to uh, go to these places. So now, you may say this, um, are there any people that, you know, personally that either been deported or either been affected by what's been going on because I know people who've been deported, mm -hmm. uh, myself, uh, who are Africans and uh, who have, you know, have lived all their life over here and have been sent back home, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, because they couldn't get the papers mm -hmm. or who've been here um, or they get sent back with their kids and uh, you know sometimes one of the biggest worries that the kids now they're going to end up in a place that they don't know anything about but I always think that the kids always adapt to the situation when they as they get to a different place so anyway to you yourself have you been affected or anybody that you know it doesn't affect me directly but I have a second cousin who was recently deported um probably about four months ago and uh, it, it, he grew up here. He is 26 years old and now he had to get deported back for certain issues that came up that um, I just don't want to specify here but no, no, it right. was very it, it affected everybody because yeah. we have nobody over there. There's no family we have over yeah. there. It's just yeah. where he was you know it's just something that um is a scary situation for him and I, it's unfortunate the reason why i'm bringing this mm -hmm. situation is because of what's been going on lately but also mm -hmm. you know us as african community man there's a lot of our people that get sent home or or even right now some of them are waiting trial you know yep. they're still waiting to find out what's going to happen with them the but future. anyway yeah, but anyway, the one thing that I kind of learn out of this whole entire thing is that uh, I'm not trying to act like an expert, but if you know that the situation is not correct in your side, meaning you don't have the papers, um, I think my biggest suggestion, and I say this sober or drunk, in a party or not in a party, driving or not, I always tell people the same thing. Mm -hmm. Stay the hell out of trouble, man. You know, because think yeah. about it. If you get caught, now you have a record. So now they have all, you can't even go and argue that thing in court because now they have the, the advantages on them because now they can say, okay, look at his record. He deserved to go. You know what I mean? Right. Just stay out of trouble.
because I know this story. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. Think about it. You know, you know, you don't have a license. Why are you driving? You know, you don't. You know, you don't have the papers. Why are you driving drunk? You shouldn't be driving drunk, period. But I'm just saying, why do you even take a chance and have that one beer and that this house and still gonna drive in the highway and you might get pulled over? And if you do get that breathalyzer or whatever, you will end up in jail. Now they find out you don't have papers. Now ICE is coming after you. You know what I mean? So those are the silly things that I always talk about uh, to a lot of my diaspora community. But here's here's my thing, Cooley, and I and I agree with you. I think people should stay out of trouble. But here's what becomes tough for me: if this land is built on, um, it, it was built on immigration. Period. America is is a land of immigrants that have all come here. Some just fortunate enough to say, "Well, I'm a citizen because I was born here, my bloodline, and so forth." Why is it that some folks then have to be so extra careful not to make mistakes that other people just simply because they were born here they can make those same mistakes and they are fine? I agree with you. I'm not taking away what you're saying. I just think it, it's tough to to think that. We have to tell a certain number of people that you cannot, you cannot make your adolescent mistakes as, uh, Johnny from, you know, this nice suburban area because Johnny will get an opportunity after opportunity and chance after chance. Whereas if, if, you know, Manda or Miguel, whomever may be, does the same thing because of the way they came to this country, that now gets them in trouble. I think that's what we need to fix, right? We can fix these, some of these issues that we have, the legislative stuff that we need to work through. But at what point do we just say, hey, if we keep saying we are one people, we are all the same, why is it fair that my mistakes will cost me more than somebody else simply because of where they were raised and how they were raised? God made us all, right? We are talking about just a moment ago, you were talking that, you know, in the Latino community, it is more Catholics. In the Christian, in, in our uh, community, it was more Christians. But at the end of the day, we give each other um, raft to give each other issues uh, or more leverage. We are God's people. So I don't know, Mercedes, what, what do you, I mean, do you see that we put so much expectation on us and it's almost like I have to work twice as hard. I had to behave twice as more as, as another kid simply. And is that fair? Is that a fair assumption? Do we just accept it and, and tuck and roll in a sense? I don't know. I think just being a minority puts you in a situation where you do have to show yourself and prove yourself in a way. It's just that's just it comes with it. Um, and so that's why we have to be more careful about what we're doing and really work hard and um, avoid getting in trouble as much as possible. Be more careful. And unfortunately, those people who are here without papers, um, some of them just are faced with having to make tough decisions that might end up putting them in trouble. For example, some I know some close friends that are not documented and they have jobs far away from their homes that they just need to get to. They don't have a license, but they just mm. they have no option. They need to get in their car and drive as safely as possible to get to their job um, and then go straight back home and then just, you know, walk to wherever else they need to go to avoid any additional trouble or getting caught. Um, really just trying to as much as possible to avoid getting into trouble. Um, uh, it just comes with that, with uh, being the territory. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, 
It is what it is. But anyway, right. let's move on from this darker thing. Now, let's talk about something that is um, um, touching to, to my heart that is close. Raising kids. Yes. <laughs> Raising kids. Uh, Mercedes mm-hmm. has a six-year-old. I have a f- 16 months old now in Nati. I think <laughs> 16 months old. And that day you, you, you have uh, low ones. I have too. a whole bunch. They don't even count. Oh, wow. Yeah, How do you yeah, say? Yeah. Yes. No, I let me not say a whole bunch. But anyway, you know you know what? I, I don't want to take this away from your son. You know, I always forget your son's name. What's his name again? Junior? Isaiah. 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 I apologize. Oh, no, no. You're talking about Jaden. Jaden, my oldest. My oldest. Yeah, Jaden, right? Yes, yes, Jaden. Okay. Jaden just won a championship. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, oh, man. Oh, basketball. man, bro. No, listen, listen. That deserves a horn on its own. What do you mean? Oh, <laughs> don't get a horn. We won championship, <laughs> though. <laughs> Um, um, so he played. He's in the fourth grade, um, uh-huh. and uh, he plays for Londonderry uh, basketball. Um, it's a rec team out here, and um, this year was especially challenging for him. And mm-hmm. I think this is a great conversation to have about children. Yes. Last year they won. Uh, he was the point guard. The team came together really nice. Um, he made some new friends. And then when we went for the tryouts this year, he didn't make the same team. They put him in a team, um, how do I say this politely, that was not so athletic, right? Yeah. The rest of the teammates were not the best. The and team that anybody. sucks, just be honest, man. <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. We're a sensitive generation. <laughs> but, um, but so this is what happens, right? He ends up on this team. And I could tell he was not motivated. I, I myself as a parent was very upset because I'm thinking, wait a minute, my son just led the ch- the team to a championship last year and this is how you reward him. So I had to do a little bit of digging myself and say, okay, it, you know, I could end up in a team that's crappy at work or something happens to him in the future. What does he do? Does he buckle down and cry about it or does he make the best of the opportunity? And I literally told him six months ago, I said, son, if you win this championship again this year, it will be actually sweeter than last year's because you were given a crappy team. The coach was a new coach and you beat the odds and you came through and won. And they beat a team that was undefeated all season long that they have lost to three times in a row. So I think about children. They will face failures. They will face, you know, tough situations. And as, as a parent, I think sometimes we either do them justice or we fail them in how we encourage them. Right. Because I could have sat there with my son and been mad and pulled him out of the the team but he wouldn't have had this lesson that he was able to learn that sometimes Mm. you stick through it even Mm. if you are given the the crappiest of situations so i don't want to hear you complaining that oh my 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 manager at mcdonald's is this man you better flip them burgers and get them fries hot quick get Mm. it done because you never know what your next opportunity may be and that's where you may shine that's where god designed for you to be at the time so i don't know man it's Raising kids, what are some of the greatest challenges we face and how do we turn them into positives as we raise kids? Exactly. That's what I was What's the name for your, for your kid? Liam. Liam. Yes. So, uh, Liam, does he play sports? I've, I've met him. He does Liam. taekwondo. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I actually him. met him at the ED. Don't you remember? I think I brought him to the ED when he yeah, was little. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, taekwondo. yeah. Not since then. Oh, taekwondo, yeah. Oh, which yeah. is a sport true to my heart, too, okay. as well. Close to my heart. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes, can, I used to do it as well. Can yeah. you kick some butt? I think I can. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> How about him? How about Liam? Liam, he's awesome. He loves it too, and he's great.
And uh, actually, he's going to be starting the sparring aspect of it pretty soon. So that's when they actually start doing the physical contact with other Taekwondo uh, students. So it's going to be exciting. I'm excited for that because that was my favorite thing. I used to compete doing uh, in that Taekwondo sparring. So I'm excited to see him do that. And I think um, going back to your question about um, going back to the, what you were saying before, yeah. um, I'm sorry, was it Nate? Natate. Natate. Okay. You got it. You got it. No, no um, it's, I think this was one way I, I, uh, used Taekwondo was one way I kind of, uh, Oh my goodness. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. You're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah. How did you flip Taekwondo? How did you use that and leverage it to make sure that he's learning something? They might, there's something must have driven you to say he could grow and become a better son and a better man because Taekwondo does this for him. I mean, did you find some relevance in them? Right. Um, that's where I was going. So. Ah, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Huh? I lost my train of thought there. But thank you. Um, so he initially did not want to do it. He kept saying, oh, mom, I'm not good at this. Um, I can't kick high enough. I, I, you know, I always keep falling every time I do this spin. And I'm like, well, you know, that's how you start. Everybody has to fall before you can actually get better. You know, I remember when I used to fall, I even got kicked in the face one time. And so this is the type of information I used to share with him so that he's like, oh, yeah. You know, maybe that's right. I should keep yeah. going. I should keep trying that. But now, <laughs> but, but now let me ask you a question. Um, uh, so raising him and giving him all those uh, mm-hmm. um, important tips in life, um, how, 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 how has it been? You know, has it been a tough six years for you raising him? Or is it going to be, has it been an exciting six year? And uh, let me ask you a question too. Things that we go through as a uh, immigrants here and lucky enough you have all your family here Mm -hmm. but uh, for me uh, I don't have my mom here so I don't have my aunt I don't have anybody and uh, so it's kind of hard actually uh, to um, you know to babysit and all of that stuff so how has it been for you? For me just I'm lucky to have my family with me. So they've been awesome. They've been able to help me with uh, childcare, but also just helping to raise Liam and uh, giving him advice and guiding him. And when I'm not there, kind of just disciplining him. Um, but it is tough because... I am a single mother, so it's it's just kind of like a one parent type of thing, parenting, you know. Uh, so it's something that is a struggle because you kind of just struggle to kind of also be like a father figure for for Liam, and so that's a, a little bit of a struggle. But uh, yeah. That's what it is. Mm, it's a, yeah. it's a little bit of a struggle, it's but I love being yeah. a mom. That's yeah. something I oh, truly enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> very rewarding. Yeah. Shout out to Liam, man. Liam, I'm sure those cakes are awesome. <laughs> and good luck as you get into the sparring aspect of things. Yes. And and good for you, Mercedes. You know, some parents may find it tough. As you, I, I, I hear you getting excited like he's about to get into the sparring of things. And I can see some parents <laughs> be like, no, don't hurt my son. Don't punch him. It teaches him... You know how to how to take a punch and, and be able to defend it. It does, it does. Well, 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of hidden messages and lessons in sports, and I think you know if we can raise our kids not to put them in sports because you're thinking scholarship and you're thinking oh they'll make it to the NBA or whatever it is, but simply for the teamwork aspect of things, for discipline, and and you know different sports bring about different things. The way that they have to work out the regiment, going you know to school. Sometimes I think, especially here in the states, I think sports become kind of a job. I, I know some of my friends that have kids that they have to go to you know gymnastics and then and then cheerleading and then this and i'm like when do they get to just chill for a minute so i think there's a healthy balance within that don't overcommit your kids you know what i mean let them also enjoy just being a kid and doing silly stuff around the house you know shout shout out to mercedes so so to do it all by herself yes because it's very yes. important we shout out to all the single moms out there guys <laughs> and, and uh, single dads too man don't forget <laughs> Hey, let's hear what uh, Hillary has for us over here. Make sure you check out Umbani Radio Podcasts on TuneIn, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Thank you, Hillary. And you can also get us uh, on Umbani Radio, A-U-M-B-A-N-I, at Umbani Radio over in um, Instagram and Twitter, and uh, over in Facebook as Home Away Show. Hey, listen, ladies and gentlemen, as we come in close to the end of the show, is there anything that you would like to say for us, um, anything, advices for Africans who are listening out there, for all the diaspora nations? was listening out there before we close Mercedes well I want to say thank you for inviting me and uh, I think just keep strong stay true to your uh, to your roots and um, just keep the culture alive you guys are lively people and I think we should continue that don't let that die Yep. Yeah, abs- mm-hmm. ab- absolutely. Mm-hmm. That we are in the end of the show now, and uh, we gotta go on. You know, we have kids waiting. So, yeah, uh, anything man. you'd like to say? No, I'd just like to sincerely. I truly enjoyed having you uh, on air with us uh, today, Mercedes, and Thank I truly hope you can you can join us again. And maybe next time I'll be in studio as well. But um, you know, continue doing what you do. And Cooley's spoken nothing but great things about you, and I see why. Um, and for our listeners, uh, you know. Hopefully you found something different over here that it's not when we are speaking about diaspora, we are not simply just taking to um, just speaking in regards to Africa as a whole. But there are different people that come, you know, there are different people from Ecuador that move to Australia, that move to different parts of the world. Wherever you are, wherever you are listening to, uh, wherever you are located while you're listening to this show, keep the hunger that you had when you first moved there. Um, the same advice I give to some of my students uh, is give Friday the same energy that you give to Monday. When you're going to work on Monday and you're motivated, you've been well rested, um, don't give that up when it comes to Friday because you're looking forward to the weekend. So same thing, whether you've been in that country for five years, five months, 25 years, keep that same energy going. Find something that will inspire you and also motivate somebody else. That's Cooley telling me I talk too darn much. Ladies and gentlemen, we love you. We thank you. Mercedes, you are awesome. Hopefully, will you join us again, Mercedes? Yes, I think I, I enjoyed this. So definitely something to consider. Thank you. I think I will. <laughs> Dad, thank you so much. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we really appreciate you and thank you for joining us. And I'm going to be leaving you with another song from uh, somebody great. She's from uh, um, she's from uh, Zambia. Uh, what Zambia. a great yeah, what a great artist she is. What a great artist she is. Thank you so much. We'll see you same time next week. And sorry for the delay this morning. I mean this 
afternoon. Uh, you know, a lot of things get on the way. Like any other day, we're going to keep pushing. Thank you, South Africa, for tuning in with us. And thank you for all the people at Nongoma FM who keep reaching out to us and let us know what's going on. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you. Thank you. I'ma pray for this beat before I kill them culture. Roger, I'm not going to fall. It's not pity. Play me small. It's not pity. Lose my soul. It's not pity. Be scared no more. It's not pity. We've been here all day. I said yes all day. I ain't gonna waste my time standing here all day. You know we here all day. Rhymes to the Rhymes beast motherfucker Timber from the east with the beast in a trucker Timber crew as I question all the loyalty Build a big wall when you store all of the royalties Trash is what you know you don't know The level of the brain that you told you can't go The level of insane that you told you can't show The level of insane that they sure that I know Four million spans ago I wish man Told me of the limits he thinks that I am I've moved mountains know that I can I've healed souls I know that I I am, I bleed black blood, but I breathe bad blood, but I bring bad blood, but I bring black back, bless, but I breathe through my chest, bless, and before I forget, black vocals, black t-shirt, dark jeans and a choker, Holly do flash, but I'ma flash my vocals, Holly do magic, but that black girl culture, I'ma pray for this beat before I kill them culture, Valjeez, I'm not going to fall, it's not pity, Play me small, it's not pity. Lose my soul, it's not pity. Be scared no more, it's not pity. We've been here all day. I said yes all day. I ain't gonna waste my time standing here all day. Waste my time today. I'm not going to fall, it's not pity. Play me small, it's not pity. Lose my soul, it's not pity. Be scared no more. We've been here all day, I said yes all day, I ain't gonna waste my strength standing here all day, you know we here okay, rhymes